Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Okay, welcome everybody. We are here for episode number 16 on the Fusick podcast. Could not be more excited about our guest today. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to do as little of talking as possible because I know he has an incredible story that's going to be able to relate to so many people. Um, very, very pumped for today. My name is Craig Miller. I'm your co-host, always accompanied by the one and only Mr. TJ McGinnis. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, Craig. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Not not used to the cold weather yet, but it's, yeah. it's it, I'm getting there. I'm having a positive attitude about it for sure. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Well, dress up. Be warm, man. That's right. That's right. Yep. Thank God for the heater. Thank God. You know what? The best thing is, is that I've had a, you know a Tahoe for a couple years now, and living in Florida, I think I maybe once or twice I used the remote start, and it was just because I wanted to see how it worked. Yeah. And, but now I was like, that that thing comes in handy. Getting the car warm yeah. before you get out there, you know. That's yeah, it's great for uh, if, now. If you get some ice, you get the ice melted a little bit before you go out there and chip the ice away. It's awesome. So, I mean, I can yeah. turn my car on with my phone. It's unbelievable. I never it's even crazy. thought of anything like that. I didn't even know that existed until I got up well, here and people told me about well, it. So it's pretty the unbelievable neat. part, Craig. The unbelievable part is actually you knew how to turn it on through a phone on an app. So that's oh, I, the I, I, I didn't part. do it by myself. Let's just yep. say that. Awesome. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's get into it, Craig. Let's get into our guests. Who do we have today, Craig? We have Mr. Dave Adams. Um, Dave, oh. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try to give the introduction for uh, who he is because he's so well known throughout the company and throughout the country. But um, excited to hear this story, guys. If you're if you're doing something, and you're listening to this halfway. I encourage you to. You know, put down the phone, put down whatever else, and just and tune into this story because it's going to be one of those that's very, very impactful. It's going to hit you between the eyes. So, Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Good, man. Thank you so much for your time. I know you've got a ton of stuff going on. I know you're very, very busy, and we just appreciate you willingness to get on and, and tell your story, man. So thank you. Um, but, uh, Dave, let's just kind of start by telling the listeners, you know, who you are and, and what you do, and then also, you know, get into kind of your story and, and what you want to share as far as, you know, your Fusick story. Sure thing, guys. And uh, I guess just to start things off, I mean, one of the things I wanted to say is, um, and it, TJ, I know I've hit you up a couple times over the, the past few months, but, uh, I, you know, I was genuinely excited to see, or I should say hear, um, you know, the first, going back to the first episode of the Fusick podcast and, um, you know, m- most importantly, I would say just, just the stories in general have kind of opened me up a little bit to the, to a world out there of just, um, for lack of better words, like people that have the same issues and problems that I do. So, um, you know, I got, I guess, unfortunately, I'm probably going to blow a few people today uh, away today with my story and, I don't mean that intentionally by any means. It's, uh, you know, unfortunately for me, it's my story, and I don't mean to sound all down and out. It's just, you know, the the past six months have definitely been crazy for me, and and I know we'll get into that. Uh, Prior to that, I, you know, I I had a a fairly good run at life, and, um, you know, and again, it wasn't always like that either, so I'm, I'm pretty excited just to share everything. I mean, you know, some of the stories that were pretty impactful to me, uh, listening to Colby and uh, 
Kevin Grant's wife, uh, you know, the, the story that Kevin Grant had said, and uh, obviously David Murphy, and, and it's funny, as I listen to some of those episodes, and even Andre, um, I, you know, I'm sitting here in, in my world thinking, wow, you take all those stories, you throw them together, you mix them in a pot, and I, I guess that's my story, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, Dave, why, why don't you kick it off with uh, telling a little bit about uh, uh, where Dave Adams comes from, um, and and dive take that, and then dive into you know your Fusick story, my friend. Absolutely, and uh, you know I know obviously you guys know, but I'm the territory manager out here in Pennsylvania, uh, overseeing Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. And I know we've got some footprints up in like the, you know, the New York City metro type area. So um, I've been with Colonial now for six years, going on seven years and, and had a heck of a run. I think when I came on board as territory manager, we were we were the 25th territory in the country as far as production. And, you know, obviously fast forward to last year, we had a, a pretty good year last year. I think we finished uh, second or third in, in premium. And yeah, TJ, awesome. TJ, not Incredible. to bring your name up, but I, I know you were right there in the runnings with me. So, well, um, if we had to, uh, we had to lose to a in terms of sales premium. We had to lose to a, to somebody. Um, it, it was it was easier to swallow, Dave, to lose to somebody of your caliber. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, buddy. You know, and obviously that's uh, that's 2016, and um. You know, not to go really long-winded with my my quote-unquote life story, career story. Um, this has definitely been probably the the craziest year of my life, and you know, I say that almost with a little bit of a smirk on my face because thinking back to growing up, I mean, I I had a pretty a fairly rough life growing up, and you know, the one name I brought up, which was uh, Colby Thatcher, um, when I was a kid. I, I think it was probably around nine or ten years old. My parents had divorced, and uh, you know, not necessarily a good divorce. My my mom uh, had given my dad an ultimatum, and uh, that ultimatum was the fact that he was hooked on drugs pretty bad. And uh, to be exact, it was it was heroin. Which uh, you know, I'm thinking Jeez. back. I'm I'm 40 years old now, so uh, we're talking you know, let's say 30 years-ish roughly ago. And, you know, the ultimatum my mom gave my dad, which was, you know, you either stop doing this crap or I'm taking your kids away. So it was me and my, my sister. My sister's seven years younger than I am. And my mom packed us up. We were living in Fort Worth, Texas at the time. A little shout-out to uh, to Heath and his crew. And she moved us literally halfway across the U.S. to uh, from one exact opposite to the other to upstate New York to, to snow country. <laughs> And from that time until I graduated high school, I think we had moved like 20 some odd times. Um, Jeez. Wow. So, and it was, it, it, you wow. know, it was, it was good and bad at the same time. I mean, it was, you know, as a kid, it kind of exciting going from place to place. And, you know, you're not really, uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily hit home to the fact that we were moving because we were number one poor and, uh, you know, we were looking for a new place to live, a better opportunity and that type of stuff. My mom did a, a pretty good job from the standpoint of she, you know, I think that's where I got my hard work instilled in me. She had always worked like two yeah. or three jobs to try to provide for me and my sister. And, um, you know, my dad didn't pay child support or anything. And it, it was rough, you know, and, and I make no qualms about that. I mean, I, I think it absolutely made me the person that I am today. And, um, 
you know, it's not like I want to sit and dwell on the past and say, you know, I had a rough childhood and, you know, pity me and, you know, all that other BS, but, uh, it definitely wasn't easy. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's taken, it's taken years and years for me to even open up about that part of my life. You know, I, I was, I guess embarrassed is probably the, the best word to use it. You know, when you grow up poor and, you know, living in a, a two bedroom trailer and uh, it's funny. I mean, I think back to moments in my life where it was like, I remember in high school, lay literally laying in my bedroom and I, I stretched out and you guys know me. I mean, I'm not a tall guy. I'm a, a whopping five foot seven. And I remember I stretched out, uh, you know, from, from head to toe or, or from as far as I could reach with my arm to my legs. And, uh, you know, I could reach all four walls in my bedroom and I remember to this day sitting there thinking, like, this is not what life should be. Like, like yeah. you know, I, there's no way I should be here. And, you know, it wasn't a knock on my mom. It wasn't a knock on the situation. It was just, you know, I knew there was better stuff out there. And uh, I wanted to get out of that world. And, and to be honest, you know, once I, once I uh, had went to college, and I think I was one of the first people in my family to go to college and... um and I can't remember exactly where my life started to turn. I remember, um, you know, I, I'd been, uh, you know, a little hellion in, in my earlier years, but once things started to level, I think my senior year in high school, just thinking back to that, that turn of where I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make something of myself and, and started to apply myself. I and mean, I went from being, you know, maybe getting okay grades. And I, I remember back my senior year, I got one B and, uh, it just like rocked my world because it was the year that I was trying to, to literally like prove myself. And it's funny. I, I, I still remember who that teacher was that gave me the one B, you know, when you looked at my report, I was like, a a a a a everywhere, a a a And then he gave me a final grade as a B. And I'm like, uh, you know, this guy's a pecker. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't know how else to, but, uh, well, man, that's, that's crazy. Uh, it, it, yeah, and it, it I was used crazy. to celebrate getting a B. Yeah, I used to say celebrate B's I mean, too. Was, if I got a B, I was throwing a party. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought you were going to say because you had all C's and you were really excited because you got the, you you ended up having that B. But you're saying you you had all A's and you were pissed because you got a B. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, good they said you. I needed a 2.5 to play baseball, so I'm, I graduated with 2.6. <laughs> good for you, Dave. And, and I guess Sorry my interrupt, man. No, Sorry and I guess interrupt. my point to that is, is you know, regardless of your situation that that you're brought up through, um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer. You know, I know you guys give Heath Oaks a shout out every now and then, and I, I know we've got similar upbringings as far as you know, not not necessarily growing up uh, with you know, as far as being the wealthiest people in the world, but you know, it, it's proof to the fact that you know, your destiny can be created through your own means. And, um, you know, I don't know how to put it any other better way. And, and then I guess fortunate, fortunately for me beyond that, once I went to college, uh, I would say that's probably where I got a, a piece of my entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I remember back to the days of, um, you know, we'd throw these big house parties and, I remember, uh, you know, for me, it was, you know, obviously one part about the partying and having fun. And then the other part was literally just making money. And, uh, we, you know, we'd charge people, <laughs> we'd charge people for drinks as they came in. We'd, uh, um, me, my buddy had boxes of wine that we would buy and we'd sell cups of wine. And, 
Um, you know, it was just funny. And I, I remember back to then as like the, the start of wanting to, to quote unquote, do something with my life. And, uh, yeah, you know, from that point forward, I obviously graduated college and I guess I, I was one of the rarities that when I did get out of school, I, I got right into the insurance world. So I think it was like 20, 2021, uh, similar to your story, Craig, I, uh, I, you know, I jumped right into the insurance world. I'm not even sure exactly how, I'm, you know, I, I know I can think back to the day of the interview and all that stuff, but, you know, I, I sat, I remember sitting with a guy for the interview and he said, hey, it's going to be a commission only job, yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking, you know, I know I don't want to go out and make just, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. And I got to tell you, I mean, I got about as much flack as you can imagine for getting into that type of career opportunity whether it was from my friends, my family, um, you know, just everyone in general. And I'm, I remember in particular, I had a job lined up that they were going to pay me, I think it was like $45,000. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting and having a conversation with my mom and my mom's like, you know, you've got to take this opportunity. You know, th these things don't come along like that every day. And, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was, you know, substantially more than she was making at the time. And, you know, I said, I don't know, you know, I, I, I want to go out and I want to do more. And, you know, obviously fast forward to now is probably the, the best decision I had made in my life. Um, you know, I, I, I got to believe I made more money than any of my friends. And, you know, from that point forward, it was, it was the good life. So, um, you know, and a lot of good came out of that. I actually met my wife in college and, uh, we've wow, got, that's great. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got two great kids. Um, 10 year old and an eight year old. I got a 10 year old boy and an eight year old girl. And I would say, you know, the years of, of college up until, uh, and I hate to say it like this, but six months ago, I was quote unquote living the dream. And I don't, I, I literally, I don't know how to say it any other better way. Um, you know, I had, had the car I wanted to drive, uh, the house, uh, you know, all my friends looked up to me, uh, everything. I mean, I, I, you know, in my mind, I had the world by the, by the feet. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then things, things took a turn this past year. And I, I, you know, I, I start to get a little uneasy when I talk about it. And I, I know you guys know where I'm going with this, but, uh, probably November, uh, this past year. So it's been, you know, coming up on a year now, um, I started to have pains in my arm. Um, you know, and I'm, as you guys know, I was, I was, uh, in the best shape of my life. Uh, yeah, you, you, you were always very, uh, slender. Well, you are slender and, uh, shit, you kick, you could kick Craig and my ass together probably. I don't know about yeah. that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but to your point though, TJ, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I'd always prided myself on, on you know, quote unquote, taking care of myself. And both me and my wife were, were big health fanatics. We, we ate well, you know, I say we ate well 80% of the time. I still like to, to have fun, drink beer and eat chicken wings. But, yeah. um, you know, the other 80% of the time we were, we were fairly healthy. Um, you know, in fact, in, in last November, I had just finished, we did an eight week challenge where me and my wife were on this, uh, you know, it was, it was like a, a super hard workout program. We were working out six days a week and, um, you know, eating a very healthy diet, you know, not a diet per se of, of losing weight, but, you know, my world mm -hmm. and, and all the guys can relate to this. You know, I was trying to get ripped and be in really good shape and, and I was, and, 
you know, we had just come off of that and uh, we were working out at the gym and I started getting this pain in my arm and I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I, maybe I strained a muscle, maybe I pulled something and, you know, gradually it just started to get worse and worse. Uh, Thanksgiving went by, Christmas went by, it got to the point where, you know, I, I think at the time before my arm started to hurt, I could probably bust out 25, 30 pull-ups and, you know, it got to the point where literally just hanging on a pull-up bar, I was like, I, I couldn't even pull myself up. And I, I said to my wife, yeah. I'm like, I got to get this thing checked out. So uh, it was right after the new year I went in and uh, they, they did an x-ray and checked my arm out and couldn't see anything and kept hurting. I think two weeks went by. I called the doctor back again. I'm like, you know, it still hurts. He said, well, you know, maybe we should do an MRI if it's hurting that bad. And went in for an MRI and, and, uh, you know, this is probably where things started to change. You know, I got a call back out of the blue. I was sitting in my office down in, down in Philadelphia and, uh, got a call out of the blue. And my doctor said, Hey, we, you know, we need you to come in first thing tomorrow morning, if you can. Uh, we found something in your arm and I, you, you know, immediately you kind of go into panic mode. So, right. uh, you know, I, I, I'm like, well, you know, what is it? Can you tell me what it is? And, you know, they, they him and hauled a little bit, but after a while they said, well, you know, we, we found a tumor in your arm and, you know, he, he said, don't panic. We, you know, we're hoping that it's not cancer. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a big tumor. It's only like two to three inches. I'm thinking two to three inches. You know, I'm again, I'm not a tall guy. That's, that's a decent yeah. <laughs> chunk of my arm. But, um, so, uh, you know, over the, over the course of the next week or so, we, you know, we met with a couple doctors. Um, they looked at everything. They had sent me in for a biopsy. And again, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm a pretty positive guy. I'm thinking, you know, Hey, worst case scenario. And, and you know, I'm playing this thing out as, is what could be the worst possible thing. And I'm thinking, well, okay, if it is cancer, if it's a tumor, you know, by all means, cut my damn arm off. I'm going to operate with, you know, I got another arm right over here. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, literally that's what was going through my head. And, uh, I went in for a biopsy, I think on a Thursday, um, down at Penn hospital in Philadelphia and they biopsied it. And during the biopsy, they said, Hey, you know, you need to take care of this thing. Uh, your, your bones really thin where the tumor is and we're afraid it might break and all that type of stuff. So I came home over the weekend and, you know, not necessarily thinking anything of it. Had a couple buddies up on Saturday where we were, we were going to grill some steaks and, uh, drink a couple beers. And I, I went to light my grill. And, you know, I never, it's funny. I, I hear people tell, uh, stories of this that think they know how it went down, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you guys straight. Cause it's, it's not as, as exciting as it, as it probably sounded as I, as I heard the rumor mill spread, but this is how stupid it was. I, I literally, I went to light my damn grill and you guys know how on a gas grill, it does that thing. If you let the gas build up a little bit, like the poof. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Big poof. Yep. So, and it wasn't big, but I, I, I had a grip on the, the handle on the side, on the side burner. And I, I hit the ignite button and it did that poof thing, you know, and the flame might've came out, you know, a foot at the most, but it was enough to startle me. And I, I went to back away and I had a grip on the grill. And, and what it did was, um, because the bone was so thin where that tumor was, it snapped the bone right in half. And, oh. uh, um, you know, so here I am out in my driveway. I'm I'm rolling around in the driveway. I've got a, you know, a couple buddies here and my wife, and you know, they're all panicking. They don't know what happened. They thought, 
you know, the flame blew up in my face. They thought I tripped and fell. I mean, you know, and it was tough for me to get out just because it was, it was probably, you know, the worst pain I, I don't know that I've ever had, but, um, it was pretty crazy. And, you know, long story short, we got me to the hospital and that was April 1st. So, um, Saturday, April 1st, April fool's day. I'm, you know, I'm laying up in the hospital bed. Uh, my arm was broken. You know, they come in, they're, they're, you know, telling me how bad it is. Uh, you know, unfortunately it, it, it broke like right where the tumor was. So it, it ripped the tumor a little bit and it was just rough. I mean, it was from that point on, I think I had spent on and off like 14 days in the hospital. Uh, and, you know, and, and over those 14 days, I can't remember exactly when, you know, in the mix of all that, but, uh, you know, I, I would say I had the, uh, the worst conversation I've, I've ever had in my life with a doctor. And, that was the, the, uh, the results of the biopsy that they had did. And, uh, you know, I, and again, I, I, you know, I say this wholeheartedly, a lot of it to be, to be just completely honest was a, a big blur in my life. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I remember me and my wife sat with the doctor and he said, Hey, you know, Hey, we, or she, I should say, she said, Hey, we got the results of your biopsy and, uh, you know, it is, it is cancer. And I was like, you know, what? I mean, you, you literally, you could have pushed me over with a feather and, uh, you know, whether uh, the, the next point is, is, you know, unfortunately it gets a little worse. They said, you know, it's cancer and, um, you, you know, through the biopsy, we think that it's kidney cancer and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, shock is probably an understatement. You know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the doctor, I'm looking at my wife, I'm like, kidney cancer, what the hell are you talking about, kidney cancer? Yeah, what is, what is this? And they said, well, you know, we want to make sure what we found was correct. We want to do a, a CAT scan of your entire body just to see if, if your kidneys, you know, are showing any evidence and that type of stuff. But see, you know, same thing, they try to smooth things over. They say, don't, you know, don't panic and, you know, all that happy horse crap and, uh, so, you know, long story short, I go in and, and get some more scans and stuff done. And it came back that I did in fact have kidney cancer. And, uh, you know, again, it's amazing. You know, I, I had no symptoms, no signs, no, uh, no anything. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of cut to the chase just to, to wrap this part of the story up. But, um, the fact of the matter was, is I have a, a pretty substantial tumor on my right kidney. It's uh it's about the size of a baseball and, it had spread to my liver. I think I've got, uh, not that I think I've got, I mean, I, I know I've got, uh, 10, uh, spots on my liver. It had spread to my liver. Uh, you know, the largest one being about, uh, about a centimeter. So they're not, you know, it's not bad. It's just the fact that I've got a, a bunch of spreading on my liver. Um, it had spread to my pelvis, um, obviously my arm, and my, uh, one of my rib bones, it had spread to. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, to say that my world was flipped upside down is, um, it, I, I, I don't even know what to say, to to be honest. It, it just, in the blink of an eye, it, it had all changed for me. I keep on saying unfortunate, 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 and I, I hate to keep using that word, but, um, you know, and to say, you know, it's like you, you hear that part of the story and you're like, my God, there's no way things can get worse. And, um, you know, as I mentioned to you guys, the, the one of the worst conversations I ever had was when that doctor told me that I had kidney cancer and they had explained how bad it spread. And 
Um, the second part of that conversation was, you know, I, I had asked the doctor, I said, well, you know, what does this mean? And, and that led to the second part of the conversation, which was, you know, unfortunately, the type that I've got is, is not curable. And, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a very rare type of kidney cancer. I think a little over 100 people get it in the United States every year. It's called translocation kidney cancer. Um, not to get into specifics, but, uh, you know, it's a very aggressive form. It's a uh, very rare, um, and, and very tough to treat and, and in all honesty. And, and, you know, and what the doctor had said to me next is, uh, you know, he said, he said, I, you know, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but you've got six to 12 months to live. And, uh, Jesus, Mm-mm-mm. is that still the same Dave? Yeah. And that's, that's where I, I wanted to hopefully turn a little bit for the better. Yeah. So let's get into that. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, so the, I, I, was, I was not under the impression of some of this stuff. No, I know, so, I know, and that's yeah. why that's why I said you guys are probably going to be a little bit blown away by some of this. And uh, yeah, right. so anyway, you know, obviously the doctor says that, and you know, you you think worst case scenario, and and I remember the you know as he proceeds on, he says, you know, the the big what if is is um, you know a lot of that depends on how how well you either do or don't respond to any of the treatments, you know, they, they had said, you know, unfortunately it's not curable, but the, the term that they use is, they said it is treatable, however. And, uh, you know, some people react to the, the medication well, some people don't. And, you know, from that point forward, I didn't, I didn't really know, you know, where my life was going to take me. And, uh, you know, obviously fast forward to now, um, you know, as each month went by for me, you know, they got me on, on a chemo, they got me on infusions. And, um, you know, here I am, I, I, I can tell you guys last week, um, uh, about a week and a half ago was my six month anniversary date from the, the time that I'd broke my arm. So, you know, in my world, I'm thinking, you know, the doctor said I had six to 12 months. I, I, I knocked out the six month mark with, yeah. with no issues whatsoever. And, you know, I, I can tell you guys wholeheartedly every scan that I've gotten since then, very fortunately, the, uh, the medication that they have me on has been working. So, um, boom, you know, I'm, well, that's I'm great, man. That's I'm one of the, news. I guess one of the rarities to the, to the conversation of, you know, most people don't respond well to, to the, the drugs and the treatment and, um, you know, maybe it was because I was in good shape. Maybe it's because I've got a positive attitude. Maybe it's because I've got, you know, a good support system. I don't, I don't know exactly what to relate it to, but I, I can tell you wholeheartedly, I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point. So, um, you know, and, and I say that, you know, and I try to be as, as genuine as possible. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, you know, a very rough, you know, especially in the beginning, the first two to three months afterwards, we're just, we're just crazy. I mean, it, you know, it's amazing, yeah. you know, when, when somebody says to you, you know, when they, when they put a time frame on your life and they say, Hey, you know, you've got X amount of days or months or weeks to live. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The, the shit that goes on through your mind. It's like, you know, I remember sitting and writing out a bucket list. Um, you know, I, I laugh about this now. I, I, I almost went out and bought a freaking Lamborghini. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I can oh, laugh man. about it now, but, yeah. um, you yeah. know, I, I remember having a conversation with my wife. My wife's like, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I always, 
you know, I talk about someday I'm a big car guy. I said, I want to go out and buy a Lamborghini and drive as freaking fast as I can. And she said, well, you know, let's go buy one then. Like, you know, what are we waiting for? So, you yeah, know, we've got the awesome. money and, yeah. uh, you know, I'd, I'd saved a lot for retirement. Here I am sitting at 40 years old and I'm thinking I'm going to retire someday. Well, you know, now plans change a little bit. Now it's time to, time to go get that Lambo, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Dave. Something I think is pretty awesome, and it's a testimony to you, first and foremost, and it's a testimony to what we do in this company um, as well. But I don't know many, many people in this world, besides the people that we work with and, and kind of what we do, that would choose to come back to work because they love it Yeah. In, in a situation like you. I mean, most people are looking for any excuse to not have to go to work, right? And And correct me if I'm wrong, and we can scratch this, but, you know, I, I I see it as you wanted to get back to work because of how much you love the culture, how much you love doing what you do, and how much you love helping people, and you feel like you still got a lot left to, to give to people, and I think yeah. that says a lot yeah. about your character, and I just want to commend you for that. When I heard you were going to come back to work, man, I I thought that was one of the most incredible, cool things you could ever hear because person in a situation like you would you know say hey let's go by the way but let's go do that which you should and that's awesome that you're doing that but also one of the things was you said hey i'm not done impacting lives i'm not yeah. done helping change some lives for the better and that's something that you have a lot of passion for and that's what makes our positions and and leadership and, and, and it's what makes it so fulfilling and so rewarding is the ability to be able to do that so i have to tip my cap to you on that man that's awesome yeah buddy i appreciate it guy and and you know i guess to your point um you know, my, my story is not over and, you know, my, my life is not over and, uh, you know, you haven't again, reached your cutting yet, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? and, and you're right. I mean, I, I, by all means, um, you know, I can tell you, I, you know, I, I could have absolutely sat at home for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I, I qualify for long-term disability and, and, in all honesty, that's just not where I saw, things going and you know I didn't want to sit around sit you know I say sit around all day but you know obviously trying to trying to recuperate and and deal with things but you know I spent probably the the last two months or so just just trying to figure out you know can I number one can you know can I handle it um you know what I mean by that is uh you know I I have to take chemo every single day and uh you know it's it's definitely a a new life that I've adapted to. I can tell you, I'm definitely a changed person. Uh, you know, and some of the, the internal thoughts that I struggled with, uh, when I decided I wanted to come back, you know, number one, you know, am I the same person I used to be? And, and, you know, the answer to that question is, is absolutely not. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the same Dave Adams that I was before. And, you know, some of that's good. Some of that's bad. I'm, you know, I'm still unsure how that'll translate in the business world. Um, you know, some of the things that mattered to me maybe six months ago, that you know, they just don't matter anymore. And, and you know, the the problem, the things that I thought were problems six months ago are are literally so minute in the whole scheme of things. And, so true. you know, some of the problems that, that, uh, that people have and, and, you know, I think back to, you know, when I was in the business again a year ago and I'd hear, you know, whether it's one of my sales reps or a manager complain or a client calling and complain and say, Hey, you know, our billing's messed up or, you know, Hey, my, you know, my, my phone, my phone doesn't work today. You know, it's the end of the world. I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking there are, there are absolutely bigger problems than that. I mean, you know, you, you make it yep. a worldly issue. It's like, you know, we've got people in Puerto Rico right now that, that don't know if they're going to be able to drink water. And, uh, right. you know, don't know where they're going to, you know, they're going to wake up tomorrow and, and, you know, don't have a roof over their head. And it's like, it's like there are definitely problems that, that people are faced with every day that are absolutely a lot bigger than, than you or me combined. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was like first and foremost. But the second piece was, is, um, you know, for me, I guess this is a way to, to fight back. Um, in, in all honesty, it's like, you know, cancer had kicked my ass for like two or three months. And, you know, I, I remember waking up one day and it's like, I'm tired of this bullshit. Like, like I am tougher than you. Yep. You're that, fighting, that man. I guarantee. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start fighting back and, and I know you guys follow awesome. me fairly well on Facebook, but I, I, you know, I remember the turning point for me was, was my whole, uh, you know, and I, and I hope you don't edit this out, but my, you know, my mantra of fuck cancer, which yeah, buddy. <laughs> That yep, was you know, awesome. I, I, have, I, I say have that a fuck pretty boldly. T-shirt. I have a fuck Good cancer deal. T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> Good hey, deal. I will, I will yep. say, you know, Dave, that uh, for everyone who said I couldn't is definitely what the trademark is. But for most of my college and a lot of my life, that four was replaced by something very similar to what you had right there. So um, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the attitude and mm-hmm. and I understand the, the mindset behind that because sometimes you need that extra chip on your shoulder to be able to accomplish something that you want to accomplish. And and right now, you had a doctor tell you that you couldn't do it. And yeah. You got cancer telling you couldn't do it and you're fighting back and you're kicking its ass. And I love it, man. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. I love what you said about, you know, there's really there's two instances in my life where you know I always think about that relate to my favorite Bible verse, which is Philippians two fourteen, and that is do everything without complaining. And you know, and my my grandma always told me that worrying is a sin, and so I always said you know if I can live each day without complaining and not worrying, I said most of the time your life's gonna be pretty decent. And I, I, I lived in the Dominican Republic for a little while playing baseball down there and to see the positive attitudes that those people have and, and to literally have nothing and, and living in the city, not in the, you know, not in the resort part, but we were living in the, in the city, in the, in the third world part. And, and those people are the most positive, outgoing, smiling faces that you'll ever see. And they literally have nothing compared to what we have here. And then this has not even come close to comparing to getting diagnosed with cancer at all. But, you know, when I got diagnosed with epilepsy, it was another point that was like, hey, I'm not Superman. I'm not invincible. And, you know, I better make sure that I live every life to the, you know, every moment in life to the fullest and and, and do it as much as possible. And I think that that's something that everybody has those days and and those times in their life where you've got to say, okay, I'm either going to go in this direction or I'm going to go in that direction. And it's all up to you. And you determine that, right? And it's just like what you said earlier. It's it's a mindset. It's a belief. But it, it, at the end of the day, you control the outcome. And you get to control your attitude of how you look at situations. So kudos yeah. to you again, man. You're killing it. Hey, um, I appreciate it, man. <clears throat> uh, Dave, you know, this is this is a personal question. I'm, I'm just kind of reflecting. And um, I've been taking a little bit of notes of some of the stuff you were saying. But have have you have you ever looked at back at your life? You know the whole saying: you can never connect the dots moving forward, but you can connect the dots moving backwards. And have you ever looked at it? Your 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 all the struggles that you went through, childhood, uh, different struggles along the way, and said, you know what? These these 
struggles I went through is helping me being prepared for me to fight this awful disease. And if, if you didn't have some of those kind of heartaches or some of those things that, that occurred to you uh, with, the, with your, your, your parents, your father, and moving 20 times and being un, uncomfortable being comfortable, I mean, being comfortable being uncomfortable, all those different things happen. Do you feel like you would be where you are six months and, and the, these drugs are um, affecting you in a positive way and, and the cancer is, is, is shrinking in some spots and different things and, and, and you're fighting this? Do you feel like that would be the same case if, if you had a pretty straight, narrow, easy, I wouldn't say easy, but a, just a, a normal, regular type of background? Yeah, to, I mean, I, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, we'll probably never know the answer to that. But to your point, TJ, um, you know, I, I think you're probably exactly right. I mean, it, for me, it probably would have been so easy, you know, multiple times to to give up. Um, yeah. You know, I can tell you, you know, just thinking back to, to my first month of being diagnosed, you know, like I said to you guys, I think I was in the hospital for you know, on and off 14 days. And, you know, I didn't even jump into some of the, the really bad stuff. Um, you know, I just share one little tidbit with you, but, you know, when I had gotten out of the hospital, I, you know, I was in there for, I think on and off, like, like 10 or 12 days, I got home. Um, you know, and I share with, with the people, um, I had a, a 15 inch titanium rod put down through my humerus bone, uh, which was the, you know, the pretty major surgery I, I got put yeah. through. And I can't wait to show you guys the pictures of the x-rays of that. It's it's pretty, pretty crazy. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I can tell you, I set off all the alarms at the, uh, the airport now by having <laughs> this, but, you know, I, I think back to yeah. the, yeah. to the day I got home from, from having that surgery, you know, here I am, I, I'd lost, uh, 22 pounds. Um, going through all that, I, I hadn't eaten in a couple days. Um, the cancer had really kicked in full course and, um, you know, they had me on a slew of medications. So my first day back home from the hospital, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm finally out of the hospital. Things are going to go well. And I ended up having a, a blood clot in my lung, um, and, and almost died. And, uh, you know, and I say that so nonchalantly, but, you know, it's funny thinking back to it. I, 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 I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm like, I'm having this pain in my back. And I, you know, I, I thought it was like my, my sciatic nerve or something mm -hmm. like that. And it started to get worse and worse through the day. And I said to her, I said, you know, just let me lay down for a couple minutes. I laid down for like 20 minutes. I woke up and I'm, I, I swear to you. I mean, I, I thought I was dying and, you know, uh, come to find out I get rushed into the hospital here I was dying and you know I don't mean to say that with a Gee, with a right, smirk right, but, no, um, yeah I, I actually had a uh, the medical terminology they gave me it's called a, a pulmonary embolism it's where you've got a blood clot that travels into your lungs and 25% uh, of the time when that happens you die and Jesus. Uh, wow. you know so here I am I got out of the hospital I'm thinking things are going to turn for the better and I'm I'm right back in and, and, you know, it took them a, a day or two to get that regulated and, you know, got back home. So there were multiple instances where it's like, you know, I, I probably could have, could have curled up and could have said, you know, that, you mm -hmm. know, unfortunately this is the end, you know, and, and I can tell you in, in my world, you know, as I mentioned, you guys, I've got a, a loving wife and, and two, two great kids. And I, you know, I think back to a conversation that I had with one of my best friends, he's like, He's like, you know, you can't give up. Um, 
he's like, you know, that that's not an option. He's like, it's, it, it's never been an option for you, Dave. And, uh, you know, thinking back to that, it's like, he's like, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, I, yeah. I can't, my, my kids need me here. My wife needs me here. And, you know, I, I, unfortunately for cancer, you know, it, it, going back to my mantra, I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're not going to take me. So, so F you cancer, like, you know, I, right. I'm going to kick your ass and, uh, you, you know, you've got another thing coming, man. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yep. Um, but I love it's, it, man. It's definitely made me a, a, a changed person. And, um, you know, ju- again, just waking up every day. Well, you chose day and... to change in a positive yes, way. Yes, you did it. You changed. It was your choice. And, yep. and, and that's what's so hard sometimes for people to realize is no matter what's thrown at you, it's still your choice of how you decide to look at it. And, and kudos to you again. Hey, Dave, what um, last question here, just something we ask every week. And I think that yeah. you could probably give us one of the best answers. Um you know, if you could go back and give 22-year-old Dave or somebody just starting in their career any one piece of advice, what what, what would it be? Well, that's a that's a tough one. I would say, I mean, you know, pro- let's say my biggest change um, that's been eye-opening to me is, you know, I would say, and I had a couple different pieces to this, but you know, number one, just you know, make sure you're, you're cognitive of the people around you and, you know, the people that love you. And, you know, one of the things I didn't do is, is give thanks to all the people along the way, you know, uh, TJ, you had mentioned, you know, when I came back to work, it was like, you know, you would beat cancer and all this stuff. And why did you choose to come back? And, you know, one of the things I can absolutely point to is the, the people that surround me, whether it's my, you know, my wife, my family, my friends, um, the colonial family, you know, a lot of people that had supported me throughout that time period and just, you know, given me the, uh, the uplifting spirits, all the, all the thoughts, all the prayers, you know, just, just everything. And, and, you know, when you go through a situation like that, the one thing I can tell you is it's like, you know, I, I I had never really taken time before to just tell people that I care about them. And, uh, um, you know, just, just like, like stopping and smelling the roses every now and then and just Living paying the close. Yeah. And paying close attention yeah. to your kids. And, uh, you know, for me, it was something as simple as like, like telling some of my best friends that I love them. I mean, you know, wake up, you know, here's, here's a quote for you guys. It's, uh, one of my good friends had shared this with me. She said, she said, you know, you, uh, you're never going to live today again. You're never going to get to live today again, so you might as well you might as well make the most of it. So, you know, when you yeah, think yeah. about that, yep. it's like it's like I can wake up today and I can be shitty, I can be mean to people, I can be an asshole, you know, or I can wake up today and, you know, I I can conquer the world. I can be kind to people. I can be nice. I can tell people I love them. Um, you know, I I can take care of my people. That that's probably the first part I would say, and then the second part that I would say is just just be genuine, be who you are. And right. you know, like I said, I I hid a lot of my my childhood and stuff. You know, as I as I had gotten into the professional world, but you know, to your point, Craig, I I think it makes you who you are. And and it does right. You know, especially in the sales world, I I, I think that people don't want to deal with the you know, the stereotypical, like, used car salesman, the guy that's not a genuine person. And I think when people know that you're genuine, know that you care about them, um, know that you want to do well, you know, and, and there can be some su- superficial things to that. There can be a, 
you know, I want to drive a Lamborghini and I want to wear a Rolex watch because I was poor and because I didn't have that stuff when I grew up. And, you know, to me, that's okay. And, you know, I don't think that makes you a bad person. It's, uh, you you know, what I would tell you is don't be the guy that goes out there and does those things because you read it in a book. You know, if if it's not who you are. Or flaunt it yeah, all day yeah. long and tell everybody, "Hey, I have this." Or, or yeah, I, I, that so, you're right, man. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make you better than people, but it also you also shouldn't apologize for it. Nope. Yeah, yeah. And Craig, I think you had brought this up before about you know guys that get into the business, they start making a ton of money, and then they start to change. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd always vowed, and, and Craig, I, I can tell you through these podcasts, I've learned to like. You know, I know we haven't hung out to the nth degree, but I've learned to like you a little, uh, you know, a lot more. I, I remember back to one of the comments you said about, you know, you, you still like to drink Coors Light. And I got to tell you, man, that's always been my mantra. It's like, it's like I'm, it's, I'm always going to be the guy that drinks Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a conversation yeah. with a guy yesterday. He was like, you need to learn about wine. I was like, look, I mean, I was like, I, you, I'm not going to fake it. I don't like wine. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I'll buy, buy you a glass of wine, and you can get wine, and I'll, I'll get a different drink. But, you know, it's just I used to try to – I got I fell into a trap at one point in my career of trying to, like, fit the mold of where I was, where at the end of the day, people just want you to be yourself, just like yep. you said. Just be you, own it, own who you are, and accept other people for who they are, you know, and it's all good. I couldn't agree more, man. And I, and mm-hmm. I think if you – you know, if you look – act and operate like that you know you guys talk a lot about you know leadership and followership and um you know servant leadership in particular and and i couldn't agree more but i i think you know if you if you start trying to be something that you aren't you know i I think that's where people start to lose faith in you and you know i get a lot of questions about you know how did how did you become such a great leader and all that stuff and i mean i got a time and it's it's like one part and, you know, I get so embarrassed and I'm, I'm again, I'm like you guys, I'm, I'm very humbled to the point of, you know, my like upbringing and all that. talk about you. And yeah, yeah, but, it, you know, yeah. at, at the same time, I'm like, you know, the, the stuff I do, I do because it's me. I, I, you know, I'm not doing it because I read it in a, in a self-help book. And, um, right. you know, and I think we see a lot of that in our business where it's like, you know, you see guys, it's like, you know, I need to uh, acknowledge you or act and operate around you because I read it in a book and this is how you become a great salesperson. You know, I I think it's okay to pick up things like that, but it's like, don't do it just because you read it in a book. Do it because you want to do it. Do it because you mean it. Yeah. And and, and the ones who, you can smell it. You know what I mean? You can tell if someone's not, if someone's is trying, trying too hard to be something they're not. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yep. Dave, this has been a, uh, a journey, impactful journey impactful. Um, that you've have taken us on these last, uh, you know, 40 plus minutes. And uh, it's been an, a pleasure to, to have you on our show. And I know over the course of the years, you know, we've we've chatted a little bit at different uh, meetings and, um, you know, and texted over the last six six months or so on and off. Uh, but you are, um, when you think of colonial and you think of leaders and you think of people who, who just do it the way that it's supposed to be done, uh, and carry themselves in the way it's supposed to be, they supposed to be carried. 
uh, they're supposed to carry themselves. You were that person. Won't you agree, uh, Craig? When I when I like the poster, the poster oh, of what someone should look like from a leadership, not look like physically look like or any of that stuff, but how you act, how you talk, the way people talk about you from you know when you're not around, all those things. You put that in a ball. That's that's the ultimate, and that's you, man. And then. On top of that, you produce numbers, which is all great, but there's so much more than that than than sales numbers. You know, it's building people, and it's uh, and I'm so proud of you. I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate to uh, to have you as a colleague, and I and I look forward to getting to know you more as 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 we we go Absolutely. along. Uh, so thank you for that, and thank you for being a uh, leader and a role model to all of us. Um, on how things supposed to be. Yeah, so I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and everybody, uh, Dave. You know, obviously, they can find you on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, anywhere else. The listeners can go and follow you and find you. Yep, I uh, mean, obviously, like you said, Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, you know, if you want to email me, you want to call me and talk. Um, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So that's right. Um, Damn right. Pretty easy to find. Damn right. Well, you thanks. can you can find me under under Dave Adams and and fuck cancer. I guess that's what I want to end nice. the, the podcast on. <laughs> Love it, man. You, did nuke you nuked it. it, buddy. You nuked it. All right, everybody. My name's Craig Miller. Visit our page at fusic.us. Uh, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Thank you guys. Thank you Love guys. Y'all. We'll see you later. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.